Well, good morning again. Uh, for those of you that uh, don't know, my name's Thomas, uh, and I'm just one of the guys here. Uh, Pastor Mark is uh, off doing a wedding this weekend, and I understand he was up late last night with that, and so couldn't be here this morning. So quite some time ago, he asked me if I would do, bring a message this morning. And uh, I agreed, and then I put it off and procrastinated and uh, finally got started working on it. And I've got a, got a message for you this morning. So let's, uh, let's start with prayer, and we'll see how this goes. Lord, uh, we just pray that uh, your word would shine through, and it's you that would be glorified this morning. Uh, we pray that uh, you would be our teacher here, that... Uh, you would open our ears, open our minds, and uh, give me clarity of speech this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So I started this uh, particular thing uh, with the idea of giving, uh, which brings about a bunch of fear and trepidation for me, uh, because I hear from, from numerous people that at churches that they've gone to, uh, they heard about giving again and again and again and again. I, I had uh, someone tell me not too long ago that previous church that they'd been to, uh, every other sermon was about giving. And uh, so, so people have been pounded on with giving. So we tend to avoid it here. We tend to, to not talk about that subject very much. But there are biblical passages on giving, and, and so we ought to cover that every once in a while. So with that anticipation, I went to God, and, and I said, you know, what am I going to do? What, how am I going to present this? What am I going to talk about? Uh, what should I do to get this? And God put it on my heart to talk about giving thanks, because that's where we really need to start, is with giving thanks. And uh, brings up the question then, why be thankful? Why should we give thanks? Well, I want to introduce you to a, a basic principle here. Basic principle, if you want to be miserable... Focus on what you don't have. Okay? Now, I don't know the financial status of everybody in here, but even the richest person in the world looks around and he sees things that other people have that he doesn't have. And so, among the very rich and even among the very poor, we all know that there are things that we don't have. And if you want to be miserable, focus on those things. On the other hand, if you want to have joy, focus on what you do have. Focus on the things that you, you have already. That'll bring you much more joy, much more so than focusing on what you don't have. There's a few corollaries, you could say, that go along with that. Um, if you want other people to be miserable along with you, then focus on the negatives. 
Focus on all the things that went wrong, on all the stuff that, that they did that hurt you, on all the mistakes that you made. Focus on all of that stuff. However, if you want to have joy, focus on what they did right. Focus on the good things. Focus on the things that they got correct. Focus on the positives. If you want to be miserable, tear people down. If you want to have joy, build people up. Okay? So there's a lot of things that go along with this principle here of focus on what you do have if you want to have joy. All right? And in focusing on things that we do have, I thought I would make a list, a list of things to be thankful for. Uh, and I, I started with stuff, which is okay. Uh, God knows we like stuff and we like to have stuff and we, we ought to appreciate stuff. Um, and so I put all of the things that I could think of uh, to be thankful for, and I put them up on this slide. Now, as it turns out, the print's a little too small for you to see, so I'll just kind of go over some of them for you. <laughs> okay. Um, I want you to think about human history just for a minute. Now, there's a debate in the world as, as to how long people have been on the earth and how long has the earth existed. You've got some people that talk about millions and millions and billions of years. And I happen to believe the, the earth's been around, human history's been around for a few thousand years. Um, so no matter which one you believe, humans have been on this planet for at least a few thousand years. But think about the last... 10 years, the last 25 years, the last 50, 100, maybe 200 years. Think about all the things that have come along in that relatively short time period that we live in. You see, we didn't get to choose when we got born, did we? Or where, for that matter. But God chose that we would be born at this time in history. And so a few things that have come along rather recently in human history, electricity. Now, okay, yeah, electricity's been around since God said, let there be light, okay? It's, it's been there that long. But making use of it and making it available and convenient for us to use has only been around for what? A hundred years, maybe? We walk into a room and we, we flip on a switch and a light comes on. And we, I think we take that for granted sometimes. So every time you walk into a room and flip the switch and the light comes on, give thanks to God. Because for thousands of years, people that needed light, they had to find the oil. They had to put the oil in the lamp. They had to adjust the wick. They had to light the thing and they didn't have matches. And it gave off this dingy yellow light with smoke and air pollution and all that stuff to go with it. And today we just... Flip the switch, the lights come on. Another thing that comes from electricity, radio. We get to listen to people far away in today's world due to this thing called radio. And of course, following on from radio, we had, uh, we had first the telegraph and then the telephone and television and then color TV. I can remember as a kid, we looked in the, the TV guide thing, 
And we, we looked for those that had the little C by it because those were in color. Okay. And of course, you know, everybody's forgotten that now. And we've got high definition TV. And then one of my favorite things to give thanks for today, power tools. <laughs> okay. For thousands of years, people used, you know, a hammer and a chisel to work on wood. And, and that was about all they had. You know, today we've got all kinds of power tools for working on wood uh, and, and, and all the kind of jobs that we want to do. Uh, another thing. Now, uh, Eve and I just went off on vacation for a while. We went off to the mountains of Wyoming. Had a great time. Thank you. We're, no, we're not glad to be back. We wish we were still there. But we did, we were safe. We're glad that our travels were safe. We're, we're glad that, that that happened. But of course, it was slightly cooler there, about 20 degrees. <laughs> okay, so we ran the furnace at night, okay, to keep warm and, and didn't need air conditioning during the day. We come back. Fortunately, it was not as hot as they were originally predicting, but we came back, it was toasty, warm, and humid. So I am grateful for central heating and air conditioning. Okay? I, I really, when living here in Texas, we really enjoy nine months of air conditioning. And uh, we're planning on moving to Wyoming where I understand we're going to need nine months of heat. Okay? So that's, that's good to have. The internet. How handy is that? Cell phones. Oh, that's something that's fairly recent. Things that we tend to take for granted that really are a blessing for us. Now, let me, let me just address one issue here, because I talk about TV and the Internet and cell phones. Some people, you know, they, they look at some of those things and go, oh, that's evil. Let me introduce a term to you. These things are what are called amoral. Okay? You have moral and you have immoral. You have what is right and what is wrong. But you also have amoral. And most things fall into the category of amoral. Now, uh, let me give you an example to help you understand that. Take a hammer, for example. You take a hammer and you go build a house for a homeless family. That'd be a good thing, right? Okay. So is a hammer good or bad? Well, depends on how it's used. Because a hammer in the hands of a mass murderer is inflicting great harm. It's evil. But it's not the hammer. It's how you use it that really matters. So what makes the difference there is the way in which it's used. Uh, Another thing to be grateful for, to be thankful for. We just, I talked about our trip. We probably drove close to 3,000 miles on our trip. You know, we get in our cars and we drive 10, 20 miles. We think nothing of it. 100 miles, okay, takes a couple hours or so. No big deal. Think about more than 100 years ago. How did people travel? They walked or they rode a horse camel, donkey, whatever. How far could you go in a day walking? 10 miles? And we just, you know, we get in our truck and go 300 miles. Eh, pff, that's nothing, you know. 
That's, that's no big deal. And not just automobiles, but trains and planes. I mean, we can, we can get on a plane and in, in hours, we're halfway around the world. You know, that's just, that's phenomenal things to get, to get, to give thanks for. Another thing is food. Uh, we live in a time when there is an abundance of food available to us. We go down to the grocery store and, and the shelves are stocked with it. It's just everywhere in there. And there's all kinds of food. Uh, one of the things that I like to eat, I was, I was talking to my wife about this a few months back. I like blueberries to go with my breakfast. Okay? I, I just, I love having blueberries with my breakfast. And uh, I, I've tried to grow some blueberries. It's kind of a miserable experience here in the heat of Texas. I get a few blueberries off of the plants. The birds and the bugs get the rest. And then the plants wither up in the summer heat here. They just don't grow very well here. But we go down to the store and I, I just get blueberries year-round. And I start looking at that little box of blueberries, you know, in, in the wintertime. There's no blueberries growing here. And I look at that box, it says it came from Peru, you know, or it came from Chile, or it came from Mexico. And then, you know, in the springtime, we're getting blueberries from faraway places like California and, and Florida. And, and then as it progresses into the summer, our blueberries are coming from up in Canada, and we get food from all over the world here. And just think about it. It wasn't that long ago that only kings and princes would have food from far away. Everybody else had what they could scrape together, what they could grow, what they could keep for a little while. No refrigeration to deal with that kind of issues. And today we just, we just have an abundance of food available for us. Another thing to be thankful for, our country. I know that our country isn't perfect, and there's lots of turmoil going on right now. And if you look at history, we've been through turmoil for a long time. So I, I think we'll get through this. It's going to take work. It's going to take perseverance. But one of the big things about our country is freedom. And we have a lot of freedom we come here today, we have no fear walking in the building. We come here openly. We come here and we deliver God's word. We sing praises to God. And we're not worried about knock, knock, knock on the door from the police. We're not worried about being arrested and hauled off to jail just because we worship God. And we have freedom in a lot of other ways in this country. And this country has also brought us a lot of prosperity as well unprecedented in world history. So there are a lot of good things to focus on uh, in our country. Another thing that we have available to us today to give thanks for are the various kinds of buildings that we see around us. Uh, if you look at houses that we have today available widespread across America, compare that to the mud huts, the tents, the kinds of little stick buildings that people lived in for thousands of years. And yet today we live in these nice modern homes. It rains, we, you know, typically the, leak, the roof doesn't leak. You know, whereas 
years ago, it was common that, yeah, what they had for a roof, it leaked all the time. Okay? We have nice church buildings like this. This, this is amazing. We come here every Sunday, and sometimes we, we kind of take it for granted. But this, this kind of a building, you, you realize years ago, we would probably be eating under the, a shade tree somewhere. And, and no microphone, no, no video, no air conditioning. Just sweat it out. <laughs> okay? We have just uh, lots, of, lots of stuff to give thanks for. There's also some more important things to give thanks for, like our friends. We have available for us a lot of friends because we can interact a lot more. And so we can have a lot more friends. And one of the things that I'm thankful for is for my wife. My wife is a wonderful person, and I give thanks to God that he put us together and I give thanks to God that he keeps us together too. Okay? So, things like that. All right, I'm going to get into some important things. All right, some of the spiritual things to be thankful for. God's Word. We have God's Word available to us much more so than any time in history. Long, long ago, say when Jesus walked the earth, in a time when the New Testament was being written, very few people had copies of God's Word. And if you had a copy of it, it was probably because you were very rich and you could afford to pay someone to sit down and copy it by hand because that was all they had. And it was in the 1400s so 1,400 years later, Gutenberg invented the printing press. And one of the first things that he printed was the Bible. And even those early printing presses, printing a Bible, Bibles were still expensive and they were hard to come by. And today, we can, we can go down to the store, you can buy printed copies of the Bible you can get multiple translations. We have it in our language. Well, okay, close. You see, I, I, my native language is not English. My native language is Texan, okay? <laughs> I, I struggle with English, all right? But at least we can get Bibles in English. And you can get NIV, you can get New American Standard, which is what I use, uh, and you can get uh, King James, which is Old English. It's, it's, I struggle with that even more. Uh, and, and you can get it in all kinds of forms, and we also have it in electronic form. You know, Bibles used to be this big, heavy book that you'd carry around, and now I've got, I don't know, four or five versions right here. And because it's on a computer... I can tell it to search. I can tell it to look for things. I can tell it to go find me this phrase. I, I remember, sort of remember this verse, and it can go find it for me. That's just fantastic to have that available to us today. All right, here's a big one. Forgiveness. By putting our faith in Jesus Christ, we can have forgiveness. We have that available to us. It's not like living through the Old Testament and not understanding forgiveness and not 
not knowing about it and not, how is this going to work? How is God going to forgive me for that sin? Well, today we have a better revelation in Jesus Christ and we know where our forgiveness comes from. It comes from his work on the cross. And along with that, we have salvation. We can know that we are saved. There's a big one to give, to give thanks for. And it doesn't end there. Christ's finished work on the cross didn't just say, oh, you're going to heaven now. It creates a whole new relationship between us and God. We can now go directly to God, and God, instead of looking at us as a filthy worm, a sinner, He calls us friend. He says, come talk with me. You're, you're my friend. I want to talk with you. We can have that relationship with God. We also have better relationships with other people because of things like, I have been forgiven so much from God, I can forgive others. And because I can forgive others, that improves our relationship. Because that person is a believer in Christ, and I'm a believer in Christ, we have things in common. Uh, one of the things that I've done is uh, go on a short-term mission trip off to foreign country. And I, I go to a place, uh, we went down here to Haiti, uh, down here in the Caribbean. And the people there are different from us. They speak a different language than us. Uh, and, and it's a different culture than ours. And yet, I go there, and one of the Haitians says, Thomas, my brother, and this is a guy that I hardly know. And yet, because of the work of what Christ has done on the cross, me and this stranger, or this ordinary person and me, the weirdo, uh, we're brothers, and we have this instant relationship because we're believers in Christ. Uh, same thing happens, uh, we, we go off to Wyoming, uh, just down the road from our property there. There's a small little church, smaller than this, if you can picture that, okay? And any other organization you go into that's a small group of people, it tends to form a clique, tends to form, you know, kind of a tight group, and they're not necessarily real friendly to outsiders. And yet I walk in there, and because they're Christians and we're Christians, they welcome us there. They're glad to have us there. If they came here, we'd welcome them here, okay? All because of what God has done on the Christ. We have been given righteousness, and I don't know if you've stopped and think about that or not, but that is a big deal. There's this thing called the great exchange. It happened on the cross where Christ took on my unrighteousness and he gave me his righteousness. We have that today, something to be thankful for. We have blessings today. Many of the things that we talked about that we give thanks for are blessings from God. We have available to us Wisdom from God. He offers it to us through His Word. We have available to us power from God. The form of the Holy Spirit. When we become believers, we put our trust in Him. He gives us the Holy Spirit, which gives us power to do ministry. Because you see, God, God is asking us to go out into the world and change people's hearts. 
Well, I got news for you. I can't even change my own heart, much less somebody else's. But God gives us the power to do that. And he gets the glory for it because he is the one who's doing the actual work. God also gives us promises. All right? Things for us to hang on to when it appears that our country's going down the tubes and everything's going wrong and everything's going bad. There are promises of God that he is coming back. Jesus Christ is coming back. There's promises that we have a future in heaven with him. There's a promise of a new heaven and a new earth not contaminated by sin. You know, we we get older and our friends get older and more and more we, we begin to notice that People around us are dying. Uh, people, are, people are just, they're not living forever. And people that we've loved and we, we wanted to be around, we enjoyed their friendships, they're gone now. And yet we know that the last thing to be conquered is death. And eventually we will get to see those people again and we'll get to be with them again. Things to be thankful for. That's not forever. All right. Do you think the Bible has anything to say about giving thanks? Maybe a verse or two here or there. (laughs) We've gone over a bunch of things, a bunch of reasons why to give thanks. Let's take a look at some of the verses in the Bible about giving thanks. Now, I did a search, you know, give thanks for having computers and the ability to... uh, type in the word thank and hit enter, I got back 170 verses with the word thank, thanks, thanksgiving, that kind of stuff in it. Just relax. I'm not going to do all 170 verses, okay? (laughs) I want to go to lunch too, okay? Don't worry about it, okay? Uh, 170 verses. Now, a few of those are not about giving thanks to the, to the Lord. There's, there's a few odds and ends in there that aren't about that. But the, by far the majority of them are about giving thanks. Leviticus 7. I think this was the earliest one in the Bible that I saw. Leviticus is where uh, the law is being spelled out. And things are being given uh, in the law of Moses here. And Le- Leviticus 7, uh, 11 through 12. Now, this is the law of the sacrifice of peace offerings, which shall be presented to the Lord. He offers it by way of thanksgiving. Then along with the sacrifice of thanksgiving, he shall offer unleavened cakes mixed with oil, unleavened wafers spread with oil, cakes of well-stirred fine flour mixed with oil. So way back in the law, we see this idea of an offering of thanksgiving there. Uh, another one, 1 Chronicles 16, 34. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his loving kindness is everlasting. You know, that sounds like a verse they ought to make into a song. <laughs> oh, they've made it into a song. Okay, good, great. Okay, speaking of songs, guess what? Out of that 170 times the word thanks came up, 64 of them were in Psalms. Okay, uh, so a few of those. 
Psalm 717, I will give thanks to the Lord according to his righteousness, and I will sing praise to the name of the Lord most high. And skipping over 60 some odd of those. Psalm 139, verse 14, I will give thanks to you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works, and my soul knows it well. All right? Into the New Testament here. Uh, in, the, in the book of Matthew, uh, we have the story of the feeding of the 4,000. So Jesus is, is taking a few loaves and fishes, and he's going to feed 4,000 people with them. Notice what he does here. And he, Jesus, took the seven loaves and the fish, and giving thanks, he broke them and started giving them to the disciples, and the disciples gave them to the people. Notice Jesus, who is God, is giving thanks. Now, a lot of times in some of these verses, we focus on the miracle, we focus on the feeding of the 4,000, we, we focus on the symbolism and that kind of thing. But notice that in the midst of all that, he is giving thanks right there. Uh, another instance of that, the Lord's Supper, Matthew 26, 27. Right here in the midst of this, this supper, where he is bringing up something new to them, and we tend to focus on the juice and the, the uh, bread and, and what does it mean and what, what was he doing in the new covenant. And all that's proper. But notice right in the middle of that, when he had taken a cup and given thanks, he gave it to them saying, drink from it, all of you. Again, Jesus, our Lord, is giving thanks. He's our example. We should follow his example. All right, Luke. This is a story of the healing of the 10 lepers. So there's these 10 lepers and they, and they come up to Jesus and he heals all 10 of them. Now, one of them, when he saw that he had been healed, turned back, glorifying God with a loud voice and fell on his face at Jesus's feet, giving thanks to him. And he was a Samaritan. Now, we focus on the proper worship of Jesus as Lord. This is an indication that he is God. He accepts worship. That's proper for this, this verse. But I want you to notice a little thing here. He was a Samaritan. If you know your Bible and you know your Bible history, the Samaritans were not looked upon very highly by the Jewish people. The area of Samaria where the Samaritans live were north of Jerusalem up there. And the Jews, if they wanted to go farther north, they'd go across the Jordan River, go north, and go around Samaria to get up north. They, rather than take the short route and go through, just to avoid that area. That's how much they did not like those people in Samaria. So this, this heathen is giving thanks. If he knew to do it, we should know to do it. Acts. Acts 27 here. In Acts 27, uh, Paul is being taken to Rome. He'd been wanting to go to Rome, but this wasn't the way he wanted to go to Rome. He's being taken to Rome in chains 
He's, he's a prisoner now. He's going to Rome. And uh, they have to get on various boats to sail there. And, and they start to get on this boat, and Paul warns them, don't, don't go. We need to stay here. Don't go. You're going to get shipwrecked. And sure enough, what do they do? They go, right? They ignore him, and, and they go. And they, they get on this boat, and they get out there, and Paul knows what's, what's going to happen. He knows that shipwreck is coming, and it's storming, and it's blowing, and the ship is just being tossed around and just being torn to pieces, and they're throwing stuff overboard, and, and they're praying, they're fasting, they're, they're doing all of this stuff, and, and just trying anything they can to save this ship from totally being destroyed and their lives with it. These guys are really scared. And in the midst of this, Paul says this, having said this, Paul took bread and gave thanks to God in the presence of all, and he broke it and began to eat. All of them were encouraged, and they themselves also took food. You ever have a situation that's just dire, that's just troublesome, that you're worried about? Time to give thanks. Time to give thanks for what you do have. Oftentimes when Paul writes his letters, he starts out the letter with a greeting. Here's one of them, Romans 1.8. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you, or for all y'all, <laughs> because your faith is being proclaimed throughout the whole world. You realize today we're, we're streaming video like we've been doing since COVID started? And your faith is being proclaimed in the whole world. And we can give thanks for that. Okay, I don't give thanks for COVID. No, no thank you for that. But I give thanks that we can stream this out for the world to hear. Now, uh, moving on. 1 Corinthians. The Corinthian church based on what we know from, from what Paul wrote to them, it must have been the worst church that Paul had to deal with. I think there were more problems there than anywhere else. And notice 1 Corinthians 1.4, I thank my God always concerning you for the grace of God which was given you in Christ Jesus. In his introduction to Corinthians, he gives thanks for them. And he wrote two letters to them. In 2 Corinthians 2.14, But thanks be to God, who always leads us in a triumph in Christ, and manifests through us the sweet aroma of the knowledge of Him in every place. He's giving thanks to God, who leads us in a triumph. A little background to this. The Romans would do a triumph for maybe their top generals. Now, ordinarily, uh, the Roman emperor, he had a, a one thing to be wary of, one thing to be fearful of, and that was his army. After all, the emperor stayed in the palace in Rome, and he sent his generals and his armies off to fight wars. There's always the chance that a general could come back from having won a big war and get the idea that maybe he should be in charge instead of that lazy emperor who stayed in the palace all this time. And so they tended to keep the army out of Rome. 
They had their own imperial guard in there. They had their own people to guard the city, and they kept the army outside that kept things under control. But every once in a while, for a special general, they would invite them in, and they would do basically a parade. And this parade was called a triumph. And in that parade, they would have a bunch of the, the bounty, a bunch of the loot that they had gotten from conquering this foreign country and show off all this gold and silver and bronze and stuff that they brought back. And they would have some prisoners from this foreign army. They'd, rather than just kill them all, they'd save some of the roughest, toughest, meanest looking guys and march them through this parade. And they would have incense in this parade. So you would have this aroma it comes with this parade that goes along. And that incense meant different things to different people. Because those guys that had been conquered, that incense was the smell of death. Because at the end of the parade, they would be executed. But to the Romans, to the people standing there, that aroma was a sweet aroma of victory. And so they would have this triumph for them. And that's the picture in this verse here, that God leads us in a triumph. And this sweet aroma is that incense of victory. We don't always see that all the time physically, but that's what's going on. Christ has won the victory, and he honors us with it. He lets us smell that aroma of life there. Uh, a few more here. Colossians. Colossians three fifteen to 17. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Now, this is Colossians chapter 3, so... Paul's gone through most of his theology and he's getting down to practical applications. What are you going to do about it? One of the things he says, be thankful. Let the word of Christ richly dwell within you with all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Whatever you do in word or do, or, excuse me, whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks through him to God the Father. And I picked one out of Hebrews. Hebrews 13, 15. Through him then let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. That is, the fruit of lips that give thanks to his name. You see, when we're giving thanks to God, we're praising him. And then finally, in Revelation, Revelation 4.9, this is a scene out of heaven. And when the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who sits on the throne, to him who lives forever and ever, even these living creatures, whatever they are, they know to give thanks to God. All right, so a few more items to give thanks for. And, and this is focused on our, our church here. I, I told you I was going to do a sermon on giving. Well, we're going to get around to that. When it comes to giving, 
immediately our minds go to money. And we think about giving money. But there's a lot more to giving than just giving money. There's giving of your time, of your talent, and your treasure. Okay? I'm not a preacher, but I, I got to have three T's to, <laughs> to get in here. Time, talent, and treasure. So some of the things that I'm thankful for are people that uh, come up here on stage and lead us in worship. For the guys that, that come up here, they, they learn how to, to play these instruments and, and they, they learn how to make beautiful music and they lead us in the worship of God. So I'm thankful to, to Don and Gary and, and Art over here and uh, where'd you go? Esther back there. They come up here and they do this and there, there are others as well. Todd over there plays drums here, although questionable is that music or not. I, I don't know. We, we let him do it. <laughs> okay. Uh, and we have fun with it. And, and we praise the Lord with music. And it's, a, it's good to have them here to do that. And we have the folks that, that sit back there in that booth and they hope that nobody ever notices what they do. But they run the sound system and, and they run the, the video streaming out and they, they run these slides uh, they, they do a lot of good work here. And they're putting in their time and their talents here to help out with this. Uh, we have people that help out with the finances. People go back in that office back over there and they hide. And they, you know, they count the offering. They do an accounting of it. They pay the bills. Uh, you, you know, the electricity doesn't stay on if we don't pay the bill. So they're very diligent to make sure that that bill gets paid. And I'm thankful that we have people that understand finance that go take care of that. Because I'm an engineer, okay? Uh, I deal with numbers all the time. I just don't deal with money all the time. All of these money things are all, it's another foreign language to me. Uh, we have folks that, that, that do groundskeeping around here. You notice the, the grass has been mowed. The trees get trimmed every now and then. Uh, they get the weed-eated and edged. I noticed when I come back, from our vacation that the parking lot was just clean as it could be. And, and I seem to recall there was a lot of dirt out there. And I don't know if somebody swept it or, or if the rain washed it away, but thank you for whoever did that. We have people that do maintenance on this building. It's a new building, but still, things go wrong. Things have to be fixed. Things need to be improved. People come and, and do that. We have people that prepare meals here. Uh, we have people that teach here, people that come and volunteer, they teach Sunday school, they work with the kids, stuff like that. We have small groups here. Uh, Stuart over here gives his time and talent. One of his talents, besides cooking delicious food, okay, one of his talents is forming up small groups. And if you're not in one, I will advise you to get in one, okay? Uh, hospitality. We have folks that open their homes to other people. We have folks that help one another out. Uh, when, when somebody goes to the hospital, somebody has something happen, we have folks that gather around them and, and provide meals. They uh, encourage them. They get stuff for them. Uh, we have folks involved in prayer. So not, not only do the uh, Masons over here get involved in food, but they also get involved in prayer. And it isn't just Sunday morning come up here and, and give out a, a list of things to pray for. That list goes out via email, one of those things to be thankful for. And lots of people take that list and spend time praying to God over those issues. 
And uh, I'm very thankful for that. We have missionaries that we support. And they tend to spread the word out in locally as well as to the far ends of the world. So we have those to be thankful for. And I'm thankful for the new people who come. We see uh, just on a regular basis, it's like another person, another couple, another family just keeps coming to our church. And I'm, I'm glad to see that. I'm glad to see that God is bringing more and more people here. That, that, that's just, it's very encouraging. And the last thing that I had on my list was I'm very thankful that we have a very generous body here in terms of financial giving. Uh, we put the numbers in the bulletin. If you want to know what the numbers are, they're there in the bulletin. You can look it up on how much people give. Uh, it's, it's quite a bit of money. And I am quite thankful for that. Uh, and we, we look at that on a regular basis. We try to watch our spending and make sure that we're not overspending what we're doing. We come up with a budget every year. Uh, by the way, annual meetings coming up in January, for those of you that don't know. Uh, a new budget will get presented and get voted on by the body. So uh, that's your opportunity to have input on that. Okay. I did want to talk about that financial giving a little bit, which goes along with giving your time, your talent, your treasure. Second uh, Corinthians 9, 6 through 7. Now this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. He who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must do just as he's purposed in his heart, not grudgingly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. So right there, I think, is one of the premier verses on giving, on this whole concept here. Um, Sowing and reaping, I think people understand that today. A lot of illustrations in the Bible are kind of old, and, and we need some explanation for it. But I think everybody here understands that if you, if you throw a bunch of seeds out, you're, that's what you're going to get to grow up. If you keep your seeds all hidden in your hands, they don't grow. They don't go anywhere. They don't do anything. But if you sow those seeds, things come from that. You're apt to get a harvest from it. I, I remember the movie... Uh, Secondhand Lions. The, the guys on that movie, they, 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 they have a bunch of money. And uh, some salesman comes by, and he manages to be one of the few successful salesmen. And he sells them a bunch of seeds. And they, they, they go plant this garden, and they've, they've got corn, and they've got beans, and they've got peppers, and they've got tomatoes, and they've got all these things growing. There, and they, they put all these seeds out there. And after they all come up, they get to looking, and all those plants look alike. <laughs> and it turns out the salesman sold them. It was corn. Everything there was corn. <laughs> As you sow, so shall you reap. All right. Now, I'm not going to go off into some prosperity gospel, because I think people take that too far. But I do believe that God rewards your input of time, of your talent, and of your treasure when you put that to work in his service, I think God rewards that. It might be here on earth, short term. It might be long term off in heaven that you get rewarded for that. But I think God rewards that. Uh, second half of the verse, each one must do just as he purposed in his heart. 
as God directs your heart to give, do so. And don't worry about it. Don't worry about the percentage. Don't worry about what everybody else gives. You give what God puts on your heart to give. Not grudgingly or under compulsion. And, and that's why I hate doing sermons on giving because people feel like they're under compulsion. I don't want anybody to feel compelled to give. I want you to feel grace. I want you to feel love. I want you to feel that you're giving thanks with your giving. For God loves a cheerful giver. And if you want to be cheerful, focus on what you have, not on what you don't have. And that's kind of my conclusion. If you want to be miserable, focus on what you don't have. If you want to have joy, focus on what you do have. And Thanksgiving isn't just a holiday. Okay? It's something we should do every day. All right? And uh, with that, I'm going to turn it back over to the worship team. Uh, they're going to come up here and uh, I think they have one last song for us. I'm going to pray while they come up. Lord, thanks for today. Lord, thanks for your hand in this church. Thank you for the people here who give so generously of their time, their talent, and their treasure. Thank you, Lord, that we have you to lean on, to depend on, to trust, and to love. Thanks for your care for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.